0: episode 175 of brutal
1: battle
0: yes so it is a kind of new voice
1: hello Uh,
0: it's actually an old voice but you may not remember because this guy's been on like three three and a half four years ago it's been a long
1: time probably more like three three and a half yeah it's been a while your name sir i am curtis ferguson okay uh my stage name is kurt ferg Mm mm-hmm uh I met you through uh, Digital Cave Media when yes. I was working on some internet promotional videos for their movie Brewmore, which was a movie about beer in general that started in Baltimore or how beer started in Baltimore.
0: Yeah. So you're not you weren't actually a part of Digital Cave. They kind of contracted you out yeah. to work on some stuff for them.
1: Yeah, I was kind of like a subcontractor helping them out with social media content and mm-hmm. things to promote the movie. And to help uh, get some ticket sales maybe for their MICA uh, event that they did. That, yeah. Man, this is so long ago. Um, it was fun though. Yeah, it was super Good time. fun. movie was awesome. Featuring yeah. some great breweries from Maryland. Um, Heavy Seas, Union, uh, Stillwater, which was a gypsy brewer in the area at the time. Um, they featured a home brewer, which was really cool. Yep. And then uh, Brewers Art was on yeah, as oh, well. Yeah. So, Good old man, Walker. yeah, five different... Facets of brewing in Baltimore tied into the history of how beer came over from uh, overseas until to start beer in before prohibition. Yeah, and that was I
0: remember when you came over because um, it was you and it was Nick and Chris. Was, I believe his name was no,
1: I that was me, uh, Curtis. You and Nick and Chris. Was uh, the other guy Nick name and Chris? Matt. Matt. That's Matt. Right. God, yeah. I'm, I'm Matt's, sorry. Matt's easy to submit. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, So you were there,
0: and you were like, well, I just might you know, sit in the corner and film some stuff. I'm yeah. like, you can come up to the table if you yeah. want. So I remember that not long in, you just kind of like slid up. <laughs> I was eager. Um, which is good, because yeah. we like participation, and everybody wants to try the beers, man. Like, yeah, there's no I'm... reason not to. Yeah. So we're going to do our thing on this. But first, I just want to know, do you want to open a
1: beer? Because we have some beers just sitting here. How about one I brought? Sure. And actually, it's not Whatever. a beer. Uh, Whatever you want. So fast forward a couple years from uh, working with Digital Cave, I actually, uh, with some of my free time off from being a video editor, I, uh, I work for a company called Charm City Mead Works. And uh, let me grab your glass here. And mead is essentially the world's oldest alcoholic beverage. Um, it. It's closest to wine. Um, we register as a winery. Um, I'm not the owner. I'm just good friends with the two owners at Charm City Meadworks. Um, but this is a carbonated, non-traditional style mead that I just poured for you called Hops. Yeah. It smells non-traditional. It smells, it smells very, I it took a little yeah. bit
0: of a, of a sniff. Yeah. Um, so... Let's describe this, This I was going to say beer. I'm just in yeah. that mode. Let's describe this mead, which, by the way, I do have a history of enjoying mead. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a crap ton of mead, but when I've had it, I enjoy it. So yeah.
1: Should be good. I would say some people would maybe call this a braggot. Okay. Um, yep. I, I don't really see this as a braggot. I see this as a non-traditional mead, almost <laughs> like a new edge style of mead. It's a session mead in a way, too. Hmm. Our traditional meads are around 12% ABV. Uh, this what we have in front of us, the carbonated one, is at six point nine percent ABV, Ooh, like half. Almost. Yeah, basically half. Nice. And we try to cater to all type of craft fans, so beer, wine, cider. This being maybe for beer fans. Yeah. Um, it has, with the hops and all. Yeah, that. the hops on this one. So it's got Citra and Centennial hops. Oh, yeah, I could smell that citrus. So sure. The Citra is that nice citrusy note. That you get, and in terms of flavor, you're going to get more honey than you are Mm -hmm. bitterness. uh, It's actually only dry hopped, Uh, so this clocks in at zero IBU. Really? Yeah. Okay. You may pick up a little bit of bitterness. Right. But it's nothing compared to like an IPA or anything
0: like that. So the coloration, it looks really like, not even straw colored. It's almost whitish. It's like a yellow, but it's such like a pale yellow. I don't think I've ever even seen a, a
1: mead that's this pale before. Yeah. Is that because... So it's oh. it's yeah, filtered it's... quite a bit. Um, okay, got it. So, uh, you know, the biggest complaint that we get on Untapped, and, you know, Untapped is mostly beer fans. Right. It's meant for beer. But you beer. can check in a lot of stuff. Ciders, yeah. meads, all sorts of exactly. things. Exactly. And the biggest complaint we get, and I don't see this as a complaint. I actually see this as a good thing. People that call it thins. Oh, okay. Okay. Well well yeah, it is thin. I mean, but to me that's I see that as almost a good way. So yeah, it is thin, but thin mm-hmm. in a good way. It's super clear too.
0: Yeah. And meads actually can get pretty thick. Because it's honey. I mean, mm-hmm. honey is thick. Yeah. And even if you're gonna ferment it and make it into a mead, it can still stay pretty thick.
1: So Yeah, the owners pride themselves, James and Andrew, uh, James Boycourt and Andrew Gefkin. They're the owners of this company and they pride themselves on making very dry meads. Uh, that's not such an easy thing to do. I saw your face perk up. Yeah. So <laughs> let me talk about the smell. So I talked about the color of the smell. I get
0: the hops. I get the citra, like mm. I was saying. I get that kind of um, nice citrusy hit from the citra. I get a little mm-hmm. bit of the honey. And usually with meads, I get a little bit of the wax with the honey as well. And it's an interesting play in the nose between the sweetness of honey, and the citrus of the hops. Mm-hmm. And it smells nice. So yeah. then when I went in for my first sip, it's deceptive because I wouldn't necessarily know this is a mead because it yeah. is very thin. Exactly. And it kind of does taste more beer-like, except it's got that yeah. uncharacteristic sweetness that is coming from, from being the a
1: mead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like the stuff that that's being you know, created right now, term city me works. There's almost like there's, it's like a gap, a gap or between the bridge, right? Like it's bridging that gap for people that are on the fence about liking beer on yeah. the fence about liking cider. They're like, they're kind of like this stuff. Mm-hmm. We give this, someone this, that likes those things. It might be a mind trick to them. Like off the bat, they're like, that's weird. Like, whoa, what was that? But then after you take a couple more sips, it warms up a little bit more. The flavors come through a little bit more as it warms. I don't yeah. recommend to drink it at room temp unless you enjoy your wine at room temp. Right. But I think it gets better as you go. And it is just that quick mind. Your mind kind of yeah,
0: it's weird. gets tricked. Yeah, I, I wasn't really ready for it to be that thin and that little amount of sweetness. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more sweetness from a mead, but I guess that's what you get when it's you know it's half yeah like the abv was half so the sweetness makes sense that it would be basically half um
1: the owner it's a good mix between beer and meat. yeah this is the the brain child behind this is andrew Gefkin. uh he experimented with a lot of hops on our r&d series which we call project x at our tap room and he tried out some falconer's fly tried out Amarillo all kinds of different things and they all they all actually turned out pretty pretty good I don't think I did I liked all of them but I think he he settled in on that citra because it's that citra with that nice aroma that it has and it's a little more softer in terms of uh, the flower content I guess that you'd get from it like it's not an herbal flower at all it's yeah. more of a citrusy Flavor. Yeah.
0: As I keep sipping it, which I do keep sipping it because it's really sessionable, um, I get almost a little bit of a tonic water type finish to it. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I, I would be interested to in, to see if there was a little more alcoholic version of it if it would
1: like what the body would be like and what mm-hmm. the sweetness would increase to with yeah. that. So our traditional stuff at 12% that's not carbonated is a little more thicker in terms of like the, the body of it, but yeah. it's still super thin, even for it being higher alcohol, maybe a little bit sweeter, not really sweet. Um, we do one sweet mead um, okay. for the Maryland wine fans. If you oh, will, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's you got a season. It's called sweet blossom and it's, Semi-sweet is the best way for us to describe it, because Got when it. we say sweet to people that don't like sweet, they're like, oh, I don't want that. Right. Because you know, so. they're
0: thinking like crazy nasty sweet, like yeah. coat your entire mouth and make it yeah. feel like the enamel's corroding <laughs> off your teeth, <laughs> that type of sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah they, our stuff is pretty balanced and for the most part, very dry. Yeah. This is good, man. Thank you. I, it, it's su- It is
0: super sessionable, and it's a delicate mead, it's not you know, it, it's not crazy and super easy to get it's in. nice. It's it, yeah, it's super easy. I I had wondered because I knew of Charm City Mead Works but never had any of their stuff. Yeah. I had wondered, I'm like, um it's <laughs>
1: like drinking a mead out of a can because yeah. my perception was Yeah. Thicker. And I think know. that's why it's important for them to hire people like myself, not to right. sell myself too much to my to my friends, but I love doing tastings, and who does If I'm not there doing tastings for this, nobody's ever going to try it unless they've yeah, had me it, before. It's foreign. Yeah, it, it it looks weird. It's something new. It's different. Yeah. And people don't want to try it. So different. tastings are going to be very important, yeah. in my opinion. Tastings would be very important for this company nice. to help educate people and maybe you know convert some people who are on the fence about other types of alcohol. Yeah, for sure. So how did you
0: end up coming to Charm City Me Works? If you could back it up, yeah. You, so get, how did you
1: get into craft beer? Because I assume you got into craft beer man, first. I, I owe a lot of it to Digital there. Cave. I, really? I, I owe nice. a lot to Digital Cave. Based on, I was, I was actually, uh, this is man, this is such a crazy story. Um, <laughs> so when I was working with Digital Cave, my wife worked for a company called Vocus, and they had clients at different local businesses all around the area. In uh, Laurel, and one of the clients was Old line okay uh, the liquor store yeah uh, well beer beer, liquor, and wine. and I think they actually have a bar too. Um, but this is in 2012 2013 ish and she her one of her main clients was Old Line, and she met the beer buyer named Rob Rob Goss. Isn't that the Bia guy? The Bia guy. Because he has a Boston accent. So the Bia guy (laughs) and I were introduced to each other initially by my wife when she worked for one of her old companies. Got it. Then I worked for Digital Cave, got a free pass to go to a screening at Heavy Seas, and saw Rob again there. We reconnected. He got me in front of the owner of the liquor store he worked for currently, which was now Whitey's Liquor's. Mm-hmm. and I pitched the owner on paying me to do videos for the liquor store. And we started it off by just doing it in the in the aisle in 2013 and mm-hmm. 2014. And it was just kind of like two-minute segments talking about specific beers from big brands, um, sometimes little brands. Like we did one with 16 Mile even out of Delaware, which is oh, okay. like the biggest name in the world. But yeah. um, we did Stone. We did Left Hand. We did nice. all different kinds of of brands. And then, uh, we didn't get a ton of engagement, um, brutal honesty. And that's why Hmm. it was working in terms of like the people that were watching it, loved it and liked it and watched the next one, but we weren't growing. Mm -hmm. And I also got approached by the owner to show him sales. (laughs) And I was like, well, I can help you with content, but I'm not (laughs) going to really be able to show you sales. So it kind of fell off. Rob and I lost touch over a couple of years. And then just recently I pitched the idea of him to, to do another show called shelfies mm-hmm. uh, out of the store. And I kind of have like a new rebirth into the industry because I started beer trading. So, Oh man, I know it's crazy beer how tra- all of this has evolved <laughs> into that. So yeah, beer geez. trading is kind of the inspiration behind shelfies because I, I used to call them shelf turds. Right. Because I thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, ha, ha, look at those shelf turds they just sit there and nobody buys them. But then I tried a few of them and they blew my mind. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is so underappreciated and all these stores have all these beers, yeah. all these awesome beers that are just sitting there.
0: Yeah. Like
1: just gold mines, like all across the country, Pennsylvania, yeah. Virginia, everywhere. And um I pitched the idea to Rob to do a show in the aisle and I'm not getting paid for it. I'm doing it for publicity and oh, just for fun, just for fun. Nice. And I, I that's think that's great. actually what's made it work is I, I'm almost a little more passionate about it because it's my baby. Like yeah. this is my concept for a show. And we, we, we cover three beers for every show. We do one unappreciated shelfie that gets overlooked our diamond in the rough, mm-hmm. if you will. And then we have our new upcoming shelfie, which is my personal favorite segment because I love new stuff <laughs> and then we have our line beer which is our non-shelfie and so i i kind of open up the doors to any sort of craft beer fan because craft beer isn't just big breweries that distribute out of state yeah. it's more it's about local stuff and it's also about breweries that don't have a distributor and they release it only at the brewery yeah so so that's a good overview of shelfies, and I yeah. would actually in
0: the next episode like to talk more in depth about yeah. shelfies, about the video, how you set that up, you know, Rob the Bea guy. I uh, want to hear a little bit about him, and also just you know your your vision and mm. focus on that, where you're going, where you can see it, all that stuff, and then maybe also talk about the term shelfies as well. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be next episode. Um, but Stay tuned. I'm I'm gonna ask. Can we open
1: this other Charm City he yeah, so Works beer? Or, uh, I'm sorry, beer uh, Mead. Honestly, I'm not offended with someone calling this a beer. I actually yeah, I just I call that a compliment. Right I'm in the mood because, yeah. like, man, like that's that's what opens the door for somebody. Is if they if they can relate it to something that they've already liked, then I've made that I'm already in with them. Right. Yeah.
0: So I just figured uh, it's sitting there, and I enjoyed the first one, and I'm very intrigued by that. So I'm like. It seems like the perfect time to just go ahead and do this one. Yeah,
1: so this is ruby red rose. It's Not red. Not red. At all. Um, We call it red because of the rosebud that we use in it. Okay, Um, This is a creation from our salesperson, Hillary. Um, She did a great job of kind of combining two different elements, uh, grapefruit and rosebud, together to make a pretty complex, dry, sessionable mead. So once again, this is another 6.9% ABV version. Um, it's, uh, it's juicy. It's, uh, so it looks
0: pretty much exactly like the hops one. Um, you know, very, very light yellow, very pale. Uh, the, there's not a ton of carbonation to it and the smell I get, I get the grapefruit, but I don't get the grapefruit like you would think. I get the tartaric acid Mm -hmm. from the grapefruit in the nose and I get some of that floral rose.
1: And I believe the reason for that is that we use the peels. Okay. Um, well, that makes sense, though. Yeah, so it is, it is going to be pretty potent with grapefruit. And if you're not a grapefruit fan, this may not be for you. Um, a, lot of our, a lot of our drinks are like that. Uh, we use some pretty interesting ingredients that not a ton of people use together. Like we do a basil lemongrass and those two elements work really well together. So now you're just trying this with two different elements, the grapefruit and mm-hmm. rosebud. Um what do you what do you think? Really works. It really works. Um yeah. That that acidity
0: aspect from the uh from the grapefruit is really nice and it it cleanses your palate as you're sipping it. I get a lot more of the actual grapefruity flavor a mm-hmm. lot more than I was getting on the yeah. nose. And then you get that like rose floral aspect right at the end of the grapefruit that yeah. is just kind of nice and actually kind of reminds me a little bit of when you know people say hoppy beers are floral but yeah. just a little more flowery than that yeah. um it's yeah, it, once again light uh and there's a little bit of that that honey that hits at the end and it's not a ton of sweetness yeah, um super dry another fish. head scratcher as far as if you would put it in front of me and not tell me it was a me
1: yeah so yeah uh it definitely blurs the lines and it's weird because you know like we do we are a winery right so all of our stuff ages for at least 3 months mm-hmm. after it ferments for 2 weeks so fermentation 2 weeks ages for at least 3 and then usually the the infusion process will happen after aging um obviously everything's a little bit different in terms of flavors and styles just yeah. because not only we do traditional mead we do this session mead and I see more people buying this. Session. I don't I don't have calculations of sales or anything like that, but just based on, on the buzz, no pun intended, <laughs> or maybe intended. Nice, nice. The buzz is on the canned stuff. And mm-hmm. that's what I, when I hear people, they're like, oh, I had Charmed City Needworks. and I'm like, yes. I'm like, what'd you have? They're like, oh, you know, the one that was carbonated. And they're like, ah, uh, okay, that's what's up.
0: Well, to be honest, it's it seems more approachable and more hip than yeah. just like, here's mead in a wine bottle that makes it look more sophisticated. Exactly. And yeah. this isn't as, I mean, it is sophisticated, but it's not at the same time. It's meant to be consumed as not sophisticated. But, I mean, it is in the creation of it and the way the flavors and aromas come together, but it just makes it more hip and approachable when it's in the cans. Yeah. And the fact that the, hey, BB is basically half and it's not as sweet yeah. and... Um, I gotta say, of the two, my favorite is the Ruby Red Rose. There I feel you go, like Hillary. A lot of interesting stuff going Should on. Love there. to hear that. The hops is really good too. But that Ruby Red Rose, if yet if you yeah. told me I had to pick one to have available at all times, it would be the Ruby Red Rose. Yeah, it's nice.
1: Yeah, but I, we got lucky that these are the two that I have brought. These
0: are the best two that they're I. They're like. good, man. Yeah, they're very good. Makes me want to try more. I'm yeah. gonna. I want to seek Heck it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And everyone. You know, we talked a lot about mead on this. I know this is mainly beer, and we're gonna we're about to get to the mystery beers, but don't close your mind to other things, meads, ciders, even wines, to be honest. A, a lot of it kind of blends together with, you know, if you have a good palate for beer, then you can have a good palate for a lot of other yeah. stuff or a good nose for it. Um, there's a lot to be enjoyed with all these things. Definitely. So. And actually, I started with wine. I, w- I didn't start with craft beer. I started with wine a long time ago. White or red? Um, I started. Where did I start? I started with Sauvignon Blancs yeah. mainly, and then went into red wines, and ended up getting into you know like hearty cabs and you yeah. know real boozy Zinfandels and stuff like that. But but that was my start, and then craft yeah. beer, and I was like, I want to do this craft beer thing because it seems like there's a lot more variation going on there, a
1: yeah. lot more interesting stuff. One last thought mm-hmm. on the whole thing. That's about the part of this not being craft beer is there are some ciders out there recently that are using some wild yeast and doing some sours and some goza. So I had a goza, a cider goza recently that just was like mind blowing with the wild yeast. And it's from a company called graph cider. Another shout out Kyle share, Sarah share, uh, they used to work for Millstone with their father, oh, and now they're Millstone. Uh, yeah, so yeah. now they're in New York, and that's where their production facility is now. Uh, Sarah is the she does sales. I'm hoping them to get on my get them on my show, Shelfies. But nice. another bridge, uh, another bridge gapper type thing. Where yeah, like it's, it's not beer, not wine, not mead, it's cider. Yeah, it's like. But if you things. appreciate yeah, one of yeah. these things, you yeah. can appreciate a
0: lot of yeah, these things. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for letting me uh, talk to you about your background, about Charm City Meadworks, yeah. and trying the meads. I'm gonna make sure when we stop recording this episode that Rebecca gets to try these because yeah, she would she would have interest. Yeah. I think she would. And I kind of have a feeling we're gonna be going to the beach kind of <laughs> soon. Nice. And she's been looking for her beach beer. I think maybe one of these could.
1: Definitely. Could be the
0: beach beer. I'll leave you with a basil lemongrass to try later too. Oh, Yeah, you are now my favorite guest <laughs> for bringing stuff. <laughs> Love it. Oh, there it is. Printed awesome.
1: cans, oh, freshly yeah. new printed cans. Love it. Basil
0: lemongrass. We'll do that for sure. Um, cool. Well, mystery beers. It's been a long time for you. Um, yeah. Let's try and pick this apart. It's not like your shelfie show. <laughs> Which, we'll I get to pick from, it, which I get to
1: pick and choose everything. Myself. Yeah,
0: exactly. So let's see how sharp your nose is, your taste buds, all that jazz. So beer A in front of us is, looks like an IPA, correct? Yeah. Very orange, pretty clear. There might be, there's a slight haziness to it, but I think it might be,
1: well,
0: might be a regular hazy. I was going to say maybe a chill haze, but probably not actually. Just a slight bit. Yeah, haze. great orange hue to it. Yeah. Yeah. Looks nice, got barely any head um medium ish bubbles around the edges. I'm gonna sniff it, cup
1: and swirl helps. this is uh smells it feels like I'm smelling a fresh cup of hops like the actual flower. It is quite hoppy, very hoppy Ooh. dank, if you will, yeah, super dank, a little sweet, yeah, a little fruity. There's definite fruit to it. You get a little passion tart fruit in there. I like it. I agree with that. Almost like an airhead. I feel like I would also get a little
0: peach in the nose as well. Yeah. Like a little hit of peach in there. But yeah, like you said, a little passion fruit-ish maybe. There's a decent amount of malt coming through in the nose as well. Yeah. Um, this actually smells a little reminiscent Dare I say it of Double Duck Pin by Union? Now, maybe it's just because that was in my head because we were talking earlier and and I had mentioned Double Duck Pin, but it smells a little bit like the malt backbone to it and the citrus notes. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting
1: more, more than one hop in this use too. Like, there's definitely yeah, there's more a than lot going on. It. There's right. at least three three different hops in this. Yeah, it smells good, Let's, but it, uh, see, it's it smells
0: like it'll work. So yeah, we'll try it out taste no this is not this is not double, double duck, duck pin in. i know that for sure so what are the first few flavors you think you get out of this this
1: reminds me of new school from from southern tier what uh what styles up? it's an ipa it's just
0: an ipa straight up
1: yeah it's, it's like not imperial or yeah just straight up ipa six point something percent uh it's uh they call it new school because it's a newer IPA. They want it mm-hmm. to be a little bit more dank. Um, I get a little of that dankness mm-hmm. on the
0: on the flavor, not as much as I was expecting to get out of it. And I get the citrus on it. It is sweet. Yeah, it has like a honey sweetness on the end, which is kind of funny. the this the sweetness it finishes with, I feel like it's more than the meads were, which is very a very odd thing, but.
1: Yeah, I get that guava passion going on.
0: Yeah, there's some tropicality in there for sure. Um, I feel like it starts, it's weird because for me the mouthfeel starts kind of medium and then I feel like it just falls right off my tongue at the end and then it seems thin. It's kind of weird. Like watery and thin at the end but more meaty and substantial up front.
1: I like this though. I do like this.
0: Decent bitterness to it. It's not too much. Orange at the end, too. It's yeah. Still, still tasting orange. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it at all. I, de- I definitely don't have dislike for it. At the least, it's solid. It's fine. Not massively into it. Hmm. I'm going to have to...
1: Starting to get some apricot... I feel like anything. it's true though. Like to me, like when I do buy something that's a style like this, this is true to
0: an What you idea. would think
1: for idea, yeah. yeah, for sure that makes sense. Um,
0: solid. Let's see what we can think about B. B. Uh, pretty dark, but it's like a reddish brownish when you can see through it. I know you can't necessarily from where you are, but if you can yeah, see through bit. mine, there a little bit. Yeah, you can see through a little bit. Um, like no head whatsoever. Which would signal that maybe it's higher ABV? I don't know. Smell it. What was that? As you recoil a little bit. I don't know, like black licorice in a, in a way. <laughs> See, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking licorice as well, but I was thinking the strawberry licorice. Yeah. Um, Like Twizzlers, but not, not Twizzlers because they have kind of a chemical aspect to them. Like, more, I don't want to say organic, because that would piss Kyle Norman off, but a more uh, natural-smelling strawberry licorice molasses. There is a mol- yeah, there is a molasses aspect in there, which people could also see as kind of like a little caramel-ish nutty. There's a nut. It smells like a <laughs> Doppelbach to me. And it's feel like it's got a little cherry peeking out at the end. Like a dark cherry. Yeah. And this smells a tad bit like turgonator to me. A little bit. Yeah. Definitely. Alright, let's try it. No, sir. No, sir. That's a little sour. <laughs> it is sour. Whoa. I couldn't... Whoa. I didn't perceive the sourness on the nose. Whoa. That's the weirdest thing. That came out of nowhere. So this comes off like a Sour Brown, Oud brune Flanders Brown, however you want to put it. Yeah. But it's not... Well, it's weird because an Oud Brun typically is a lot more sour. Like, it's way more aggressive. Sour Browns typically are. So this seems like maybe some sort of... I don't know, dial back Oud brune Hmm. Weird. But it's a mind trigger for sure. I still get that molasses, though. Like, I can get that flavor of a looks, bit of molasses. Yeah. Like you were getting on the nose.
1: It looks like a red ale, or maybe uh, like a a winter warmer type color to it. It's right. Very, yeah. Yeah. The, the Doppelbach color, I got that, though. It definitely has that, that feel and smell. The tartness on
0: it is... Trying to place what type of tartness it is for me.
1: Raisin. I mean there. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe somewhere it, plum. 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 Maybe somewhere like a plum. Like like a not super ripe, more young little tart plum. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. Plum skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's interesting because the, the sourness is a lot softer than what you originally get. Like yes. you get it and you're you're just kind of taking it back because you're like, oh my God, it's sour. Because yeah, we didn't, smelling it right. would have had no idea. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, it's sour. And then all of a sudden the it sourness works. just like softens.
1: It does soften. It does. Hmm. At first sip, it is, I see, I like again, I was expecting a completely different s- mm-hmm. style when I had my first taste. So I was just like, whoa. But now that I've had a couple sips of it, It's not as sour as it is maybe tart. Um, Sometimes I can confuse tart and sour. It's an easy way to confuse it based on uh, mouthfeel. Just to... Like people that aren't huge nerds like us. Mm -hmm. But to me, it is a little more tart than it is sour now that I've had a couple sips. Sour off the bat because it tricked my mind.
0: So when I...
1: Don't take another
0: sip, and I would just let. I was just letting the flavors sit there. I start to get the unbridled tartaric acid um, feeling and flavor on my tongue. Like if you've ever had a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids, and then they're all gone, and you just dump the the sour granules <laughs> on your tongue, that type of flavoring. It's just like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's good. It is. It's solid. My first sip, I was not happy, but now I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happier now. Well, because expectation yeah, based right? on the
0: nose said one thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, is... You know, I'm
0: smelling it and I still can't get that it would be sour. That's interesting. Hmm. That's a pretty yeah. good
1: beer. I'm not getting any, like, Brett or lactobacillus or anything like that. I'm not getting any Funk. Just that that straight up tart fruit, which kind of leads me to believe that
0: it could be some sort of, um, stainless steel, um, you know, kettle sour. I'm sorry. That's what kettle I was looking sour. for. Yeah. Kettle, kettle sour as opposed to like an open fermentation, wild yeast, cheap,
1: cheap man sour.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, which makes me wonder if this is Midnight Dew by Duclaw. Because they were supposed to be doing a dark oh. sour, and I know they don't do wild. They only do kettle sour. So I could see that. I've never had that. I've not had know. it either, oh, but okay. I know it came out, and I've been wanting to try it, and this seems like it would fit that style. So I could see it being that, and it well, tastes kettle sour. Um. So, yeah. No, I went back to A then.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm going to go back to jumping A jumping all too.
0: over, and it tastes like way sweet. I think in comparison to the sourness, it just makes it come off sweeter.
1: Yeah. That's not new school. Now I know it's not new school.
0: These are both solid beers. I definitely prefer one to the other. E. Okay. So, now we gotta think. So, 1 to 10 scale. No halves. Um, If you want me to go first on my ratings, I can certainly do that for you. I'll go first.
1: Go ahead. So, let's start with... um, the first one, which is an IPA, for sure not a pale, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I would give that one nice orange hue to it too. I I mean I'd buy this. I would buy this again. Like I would solid enough. I would I would buy it again. So I'd give it at at least a five out of ten. Okay. Um it is just a little too sweet to be any higher than that for me. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. There's a little bit of a sweetness that it,
0: it builds as you yeah. keep drinking it. So, yeah, I can see that. So on A, I'm actually going to go with three. I think it's it's fine for me. I, I, I can't see much past that. I know a lot of IPAs I'd much rather have. Uh, I think I wanted a little more of a citrusiness coming off it or a pininess. Just, like, commit a little bit more to some sort of hoppy flavor um, instead of sweet on the end. But it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. That's, That's definitely. an overall four, which is actually not bad for the show. So B, did you want to go first on B then?
1: B, uh, I, I'm sorry, but like, I hate to ruin your rating system, but to me... Do what you want. Like, B is what the craft beer industry is about to me. Something that I think is one thing, I try it, it's not what I thought it was, mm-hmm. and I still like it. And those elements combined together... Puts this definitely ahead of the first one. So to me, I'm going to give this a six. Okay. Because not only would I buy this oh, again, yeah. I'd order it at the bar. Okay. And nice. I'd actually recommend it to another sour fan. Um, <clears throat> based on aroma alone, it would have been lower than that. Mm-hmm. Just because I was expecting something completely different. And for it to shock me and change my opinion about it, that means a lot. And it deserves to me, to be better than the first one. Got it. So in a way, maybe my rating is adjusted based on the first. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that that happens. Yeah. So
0: I agree that I prefer B more. I do. Um, But it's only slightly, and this is the reason. I think it's good, and that's why I'm going to give it a four. But to me, the sourness is, is one note, and I feel like this could greatly benefit from being... Not a kettle sour style, um, which I'm just assuming it is, but I might be wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm not But it's it's,
0: it's a one-note sourness, still good. And then I feel like there's a little bit going on in the beer under that with uh, the sweetness they're saying, getting some of the molasses. There's a little bit of that prune-type aspect, a little cherry maybe. But a lot of that has a hard time coming through because that sourness is stamping it down, at well, tamping it down mainly, Throughout. Yeah. So, I'm glad we did that one second. Good, but not amazing or anything. So, um, I like it. So, overall five, though. So, B is the winner, the clear winner. But, yeah. uh, overall four for A. So, we will reveal that one first. Let's see. You said you'd buy this one. So, we'll yeah. see. i have buy both,
1: actually. Okay.
0: Nice. So, the first one. Oh, first cut. Nice. IPA by Trogues. Heck, yeah. Independent Brewing. Nice. Uh, it's uh, ale brewed with mango. There it is, the tropicality. Yeah. That's exactly what you were getting with the tropicality. I like that. Six point two percent. You said you more than one hop, Comet and Simcoe. Just Comet and Simcoe. Simcoe. So yeah, but you're right, more than one for sure. Um, nice. That's a, I mean, it's a solid beer. Yeah, solid beer. I yeah, just I'd like buy, a little. I'd buy that for sure. A little of the sweetness come off it. Never had that before, so I'm glad nice. we're able to try. Yeah, nice. And now nice. the winner, overall of five. Let's see if I was right on my on my guess of midnight duclaw. Dew. Let's see. It, it is duclaw. It is. It's <laughs> duclaw's midnight Dew. Okay. Okay. So here's why it's softer because I forgot about this aspect of it. It's their dark sour ale aged in retribution bourbon barrels. I didn't get any bourbon though. Uh, that's probably the molasses uh, to it. Um, because it's almost caramelly, and you yeah. get that from the bourbon. But you also need to remember, it's not just a straight bourbon barrel. It's after Retribution's been aged in it. So you have yeah. the Imperial Stout in there as well, which will take the bourbon flavors down and maybe put in a little bit more of a roasty, malty, maybe a Damn. little chocolate. I like so, it. Let's uh, see ABV on this. Can I find it? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's probably down at the bottom. Uh, 7%. Uh, it's solid. Um, I think that it lived up to my expectation of it I I figured it would be decent but not like crazy good because I know it's it's straight up kettle sour and you know you can only do so much um I think it's an ambitious beer I
1: like I like the idea I don't like I'm gonna give a shout out to union craft brewing for doing a dark sour this past year called midnight maruder and that was awesome so it's funny you say that because like
0: was it a week ago maybe now Rebecca came home and said, I just had this dark sour by Union, mm-hmm. and it was really good. I wish you could have tasted yeah. it.
1: Yeah, so I hope they do it again next year during the winter. That'd be cool.
0: I actually can see the bourbon. Now Now that I know it's there and I go back and taste it, I can see where the bourbon is. Yeah. And I think that molasses is what is where that was coming in for yeah. us, so yeah I like it nice it was fun um thank you so much and yeah, we're definitely. going to move on to the next episode and on the next one like I said we're talking shelfies um I'm yeah I have some questions about shelfies I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> uh about this I watched yeah. a few episodes so we'll we'll wrap about that cool yeah. but anyway thanks everyone for listening thank you Curtis for being here <laughs> and keep it through